Good morning, good morning. Grab a seat, everybody. It is nice to be with you guys again. Um, I feel like every time I come, it feels so good. You know, I always feel like I'm just coming home and, and you guys are just an extension of where I'm already at in Auckland and at West and it's so nice and it's funny because um, I, I, sometimes I'll, I'll message Isaac about a song at, that I'm, I'm thinking of doing at West and he's usually like, we're already doing that. <laughs> Your guys' worship is amazing. You're ahead of the game. You introduce the songs before we even get to them. So well done, music team. It is amazing. And what a great clip. I remember when we had um, David come and share with us I think it was last year, and I know he comes here regularly, and he's, his heart is just so moving. You know, when he comes and shares, it's just like, wow, God, give me more of his heart. And so it's, um, it's great to see that, and great for Don and Penny to be there ministering, and I'm sure they'll be back soon and enjoying a bit of a holiday. All right, well, let's get into it, eh? Um, this morning, I want to share with you um, just about, about an experience I had. Let's see if it will work while I sit down. We'll see. I'll move up and down. Um, and actually, before I start, I came this morning with my friend Irene. She drove me here. She's um, awesome. She's one of our leaders and um, a real blessing. So she came with me this morning. And um, we've, been, we've been having a busy time with school holidays, as many of you with kids will have. Uh, it's full on, and uh, they are always busy and up to things. And Sam, my husband, who was here a while ago, he is heading off to Tuvalu on Wednesday for all the Tuvaluans here, and he's spending a week there and then a little bit of time in Fiji as well, so um, that should be exciting for him. He's looking forward to going, and I will be back with the kids, and luckily school starts the following week, so it won't be too bad. <laughs> but anyway, um, at the end of the last school holidays, at the beginning of the third term, uh, my dad was going on a trip to Adelaide. He was going to be speaking uh, at a conference there, and he asked if I wanted to come. And it was for three nights. And to be honest, I was like, yes, that would be amazing because, oops, sorry, I'll fit it with that. Um, you know, as a mum, you don't actually get much time without your kids. And, and going away means no housework and no school lunches and no uh, midnight wake-ups or early mornings. It meant sleeping. So I was like, yes, I definitely want to go. And um, lucky for me, Sam was happy that I would go. Um, I don't know if he was thrilled, you know, to do dad duty for a couple of days, but he was okay with it. And um, so off I went, and I had a great time. It was so much fun. It was really, really good. And um, uh, while I was there, one of my biggest problems was that we flew in and it was late and it was the first night of the conference. So we got to the conference, did that, and then we went and had dinner and came back. And by the time we got back, it was already like midnight. And then because of the time change, that was like 2 a.m. or something like that. So it was really late. So I thought I'd better set my alarm for the morning. And I set my alarm and... Um, I don't know what happened, but it didn't go off. And I woke up and it was like 8.30 and I had 10 minutes, 10 minutes to get ready and get out the door. But you know what? Because I didn't have kids and I didn't have to sort anything out, I could do it. It was amazing. So um, actually, Isaac, if you could come up when you're ready, that'd be great. Um, so that was, that was really fun. It was a good problem to have. Um, but when I was there, uh, I went to the conference with Dad and they had some amazing um, times of worship and they started singing the song that we sang this morning, actually, which is why I've asked Isaac just to come and play it in the background just for a few moments, that song, Goodness of God. And um, I hadn't heard that song before. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And as they started singing, 
it just, it really hit me, you know, like the words just began to wash over me and I just, I really felt overwhelmed with the goodness of God in my life. You know, I just started singing that chorus, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you've been so, so good with every breath that I'm able, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God and um, I started, tears just streamed down my eyes and I just felt an overwhelming sense of God's goodness to me. You know, He's been so good to me. He's blessed me so much. And it was just one of those moments in the presence of God, just me and Him. And um, it was really special. It, it really, really moved me. And so then as we went through the conference, they'd sing that song, most, most music sets, most nights. And every time they sang that song, the same thing would happen. I'd feel the presence of God. I'd feel overwhelmed with His goodness. I'd feel... Um, tears and I'd feel moved but then it kind of moved from that that sense of um, awe I guess and thankfulness to a little bit more and I started to feel that God wanted me to do something in return and there's a phrase that I've heard my dad say before and the phrase is he he demands a return and you know God is a good God, a loving God, a giving God. But sometimes he demands something back of us. You know, I think of the story of the um, talents, the parable of the talents. And, and each one of those pe- people that had the talents, God expected them to do something with them. And, you know, we know the story of the man with 10 doubled them, the man with five doubled them, the man with one, or was it five, two, and one, whatever. Um, but the person with just the one talent just went and hid it in the ground and gave it back. And, that, and God was, the master was unhappy with that servant. And so I felt, like, God, you've been good to me. God, you've been faithful. But God, you're demanding a return from me as well. I can't just carry on as I am. I can't just um, go about Christian life and, and live as I've been living. I've got to go higher. I've got to go deeper. I've got to somehow go wider. And so I came back home and I just determined in my heart, God, I've got to do something with this. I can't just let that be a great moment and then not do anything about it, you know. So I decided that I was going to really be intentional with some of my time. I pushed out my prayer time. I got more into the Word and I just tried to um, really focus in on God and tune my ears to hear the Holy Spirit more in my life. And um, I would play this song every single morning. I still do most mornings. That's how I start my morning. I play and I sing and I thank God. I thank Him for His goodness. I thank Him for all He's done in my life. And um, I'm only just starting the journey, but it's a great journey to be on. And so out of that, um, this message has come this morning and we're going to actually have a look at the story of Zacchaeus. And he also went higher, deeper and wider. We're going to have a look at that. Um, But before we do, let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for this morning. I thank you for your presence in this place already. God, I thank you that you want to speak to each one of us, that you have something to say. Lord, that you want to touch us, that you want to move us. And so, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, would you take over? Would you lead and guide this the rest of this meeting and every word that I say and every word that anyone else says? Holy Spirit, we just welcome you take over, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Isaac. Amen. All right. Well, 
we're going to get into it. And um, you can follow in your Bible if you want, or you can follow along on the screen. We're going to have a look at the story of Zacchaeus, which is a very well-known passage to all of you, I'm sure. It's in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, and um, feel free to read along on the screen or in your Bible. All right, so we're going to have a look at this. So here we go. Verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho, and he made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. All right, let's stop for a minute and have a look. So we've got in this story two main characters. We've got Zacchaeus, and then we've got Jesus. Now, Jesus was on his way to Jericho. He was about to pass through, and just before he was going there, he had just healed blind Bartimaeus. He just healed the blind man who begged for mercy, and he'd come and touched his eyes, and now he could see. So I reckon that there was a bit of a buzz in the air. The word probably went far and wide and would have spread, and the people would have known, Jesus is coming to town. Jesus, this, this guy who just healed this blind man, and now he can see. So it was probably hot. It was probably dusty. There was probably people everywhere. And then we have our second character, which is Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus, he was a su- successful businessman, right? He was the chief tax collector of that region. And back in those times, there was three main centers where they co- uh, collected the taxes. That was Capernaum, Jerusalem, and Jericho, and so Zacchaeus, being the chief collector, get it out, the chief tax collector in Jericho, he was kind of like you know over the big three, over one of the big three. You know, he was kind of like the kingpin of of the Jericho tax cartel. And because of that reason, we all know that he was not a popular guy. He wasn't well liked. He was hated. He was despised. He was isolated. People didn't want to go near him. But Zacchaeus, even though um, he was this person, he obviously got wind that Jesus was about to pass through his city, and he decided that he wanted to see this Jesus, and he wanted to get a glimpse of who everyone was talking about. But I reckon Zacchaeus was in no position to wangle any kind of meeting with Jesus, right? In my books, he would have been the last guy on Jesus' list to have a meeting with and to stop down and have a chat. But how many of you know that Jesus was never influenced by who people were or who they were not? Because everyone counts for Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are or who you aren't. Jesus has no rank. He has um, no kind of hierarchy. Everyone counts for Jesus. So our man Zacchaeus, he's eager to see Jesus, but he was just this little guy. He was just short. And so he was getting lost in the crowd. He couldn't get a glimpse of Jesus. He couldn't get through. And so he had to come up with a plan. He had to get creative. And this time it wasn't creative accounting or creative taxation. It was a different kind of plan. He had to figure out how he was going to get to see Jesus. And so this was a desperate and a humiliating plan, which is not at all like the normal scheme that he would conjure up. This plan involved running and climbing. And in this culture, that was not something that you did, especially if you were a government official. If you're a government official, there's no way you would run in public, let alone climb. You just didn't do it. But you know what? Zacchaeus didn't care. He didn't care because he was desperate to see Jesus. He was going to do whatever it took. And this is where we see that Zacchaeus went higher. 
quite literally, he climbed up a tree and he went higher. He wasn't enough to encounter Jesus. He was too unpopular and too short. That was just the facts. It required determination, creativity, and humility for him to get high enough to see Jesus. You know, in our lives, when we really want something, it takes determination and it takes intentionality. If we really want something, we can't just hope that it's going to happen. We actually have to get up and we have to do something about it. And that's exactly what Zacchaeus did. He climbed up and he positioned himself for a glimpse of Jesus. When we go higher, it means that we intentionally make space to encounter God. We intentionally make space to encounter God. You know, it's, it's all about putting yourself in the place where you can actually have the time to connect with God, have the time to pray, have the time to feel his presence, have the time to stop and to listen for his voice. In fact, um, even just during the worship, I was just thinking about Samuel because we've just finished reading 1 Samuel um, in our uh, soul food. I don't know if you guys are doing that, but as a church, we were doing that um, at West. And, you know, I was just reminded of that phrase where uh, Samuel hears the voice of the Lord, but he thinks it's Eli. He thinks it's the priest. And um, he goes to Eli and Eli sends him back and he does that three times. And then the third time, Eli said to him, next time the voice comes, you stop and you say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And sometimes I think that's what we need to do. You know, when we we're kind of sensing something or we're feeling something, but we, we're so busy that we just rush and we can so often miss those moments. And it's like God saying to us, I just want you to stop. And if you would just say, stop and speak, Lord, for I'm listening, then he's going to speak to us. And that's what going higher is all about. It's stopping in the middle of the busyness. It's stopping in the middle of the mess. It's stopping in the middle of the stress and the to-do list because let's face it, we live busy lives, right? We're on the go all the time. We go, go, go. And um, even when we think we've got a quiet day, I don't know about you, but somehow it just fills up and suddenly it's a busy day and you don't know where it went. But actually in following God, it's so important that we make space, that we make space to position ourselves to actually connect with God, you know, and, and it might be that we make space to spend that time with him in the morning or that we make space when we're in the car to go, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm not going to think about anything. I'm going to hit that, hit that worship and I'm going to sing and I'm going to pray as I drive or um, it's, it's making space to open the Bible every day and to spend that time reading, maybe journaling, whatever works for you. It's making a space and a place so that we position ourselves to meet with God. Because the problem is if we don't, we can still have moments on Sunday, right? We come to church, we feel his presence, God can speak, God can do anything. He's amazing and he's so good and he's so gracious. But um, if we want to, I guess, maximize our Christianity, if we want to really go after God, if we want to go higher in God, if we want to go deeper, then we've actually got to be intentional. We've actually got to make a plan and we've got to make a space and we've got to position ourselves to meet with God. And the great thing is that Jesus promises that when we do that, he will meet with us. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And Proverbs 8, verse 13 says, I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. See, when we seek God, we will find him. But if we just go about our day 
um, we, we might miss him. You know, I guess we just miss those moments that are actually there all throughout the day. But if we're not tuned into them, we're going to miss them. And so Zacchaeus, you know, he had to push through that crowd. It wasn't easy. He had to, in fact, it required intentionality, determination, prioritization, and humility. All those things we see in Zacchaeus as he pushed through the crowd, as he forgot about what everyone else thought, and he was determined, no, 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 I'm going to get a glimpse of Jesus. That's what I came here for today. I am not leaving until I get that glimpse with Jesus. And we see that in Zacchaeus. And I think that that's what God is saying to each one of us as well. Hey, it's time, it's season to stop and to pursue me and to seek me and to actually make space and room for me in your life so that I can speak to you and I can direct you and I can lead you and I can encounter you and that we start to live out of that instead of... um, inviting God in when we have space. Let's make space and invite him into every part of our lives. All right, so let's go to verse five. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus into his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. This is where we see Zacchaeus goes deeper. So he's positioned himself in the tree. He's gone higher to catch that glimpse. And now we see that Zacchaeus goes deeper. What do I mean by that? Well, just before I get to that, don't you love, and this is one of my favorite things about the story, that Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. You know, he didn't just say, hey, you, why don't you come down? I want to have a chat. No, he says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I want to have house. I want to have lunch at your house today. Um, Can you imagine what Zacchaeus must have been feeling when Jesus called his name? I reckon he would have been shocked that Jesus knew his name, let alone spoke it out. And I love that about God. I love that he calls our names. I remember um, years ago, probably, I don't know, nine years ago or something, in our very early years of our conference, New Zealand and beyond, it was just at our church back then, and um, we had some guest speakers, and one of them was Phil Pringle. And I had heard about Phil Pringle. I was working at church. I was uh, a PA for Dad, uh, but I didn't really have much dealings with anyone important back then. And um, so anyway, I was excited to meet him. I had a, I had one of his books, a couple of his books, and I was really looking forward to it. And so, you know, the speakers arrived, and I got to um, shake his hand and, and meet him and all of that, and that was fine. And then I kind of thought, well, that'll be the end of that. And um, then I was sitting in the meeting, and it was his session, and he got up and spoke. And then all of a sudden, he said my name. He said, oh, Jody, blah, 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 blah. He started talking about me, and he, he said some nice stuff about me. And I was just like, wow. You know, it was one of those moments where I was like, this is amazing. Um, this guy that I had looked up to, you know, I kind of, I mean, I had met him, but I never expected that he would remember my name, let alone mention me from the front. And I will never forget that moment because he knew my name. He remembered who I was, and he said something about me. And it's the same thing here. Zacchaeus must have felt that and so much more. And do you know what? The thing is that God knows every single one of our names this morning. Sometimes we come in and we think, God, do you even know that I'm here? You know, do you know what's going on in my life? Have you heard any of my prayers? Do you know my name? I want to tell you this morning, Jesus knows your name. And he calls out your name. 
He calls out every single one of our names every day. Every day, he calls out our name. No matter where we are at life, no matter what we've done or what we haven't done, how good we feel, how bad we feel, if we feel like we've messed up, if we've failed, it, none of that matters to God. I mean, Zacchaeus, you know, he was like down here in the eyes of people. You know, he was a sinner. He was a bad guy. Jesus still calls his name. He still calls every single one of our names. And I love that. I love that about the God that we serve. All right, so... I want to show you now how Zacchaeus responds. This is what Zacchaeus does. He quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Zacchaeus didn't hesitate. You know, he didn't stop and think, oh, I wonder if my house is clean. Uh, I wonder if my wife has done the dishes. You know, that's what I would have thought. If Jesus said, hey, I'm coming to your house, I would have immediately gone, mm, is my house tidy? Which it probably is. But, you know, just did that mental check. Zacchaeus didn't do any of that. He just straight away, he comes down from that tree. He's like, yeah, absolutely, let's go. I'm ready. And he just responds. He didn't care what anyone else thought. This, this invitation is really unconventional on Jesus' part. You know, it's kind of odd. I mean, here Jesus is. He's just here this blind man and he looks up in this tree he sees Zacchaeus and he says hey I'm coming to your house today and then Zacchaeus response it must have been scary like he's taking Jesus into his house and then something dramatic happened during that visit we don't know what was said or what exactly took place but Zacchaeus from then on was a different man he was not the same person that climbed up that tree just an hour or so ago Zacchaeus went deeper. One conversation with Jesus changes everything. One moment with the Holy Spirit can be life-altering. One season of hunger that we respond to can revolutionize our life. You know, for me, this is the key. Getting higher, that's the starting point, but going deeper is the substance. We've all got to position ourselves to get higher, to have those moments with God, but then we all face that choice Okay, great. I've had this amazing time in Adelaide where I was at that conference. What am I going to do with that moment? Am I, gonna, um, am I just going to let it happen and feel good for a couple of days and then that, that was that? Or am I going to do something about it? Am I going to respond? Am I going to take um, what I felt God saying to me and put legs to it and put action to it and go deeper? You know, when we go deeper, that's where Christianity suddenly becomes alive. It becomes real. It becomes meaningful. It becomes powerful. It's what Christianity was made to be. We were never made to just attend, to, attend church on Sunday, maybe one other meeting, and, and then go home and live our lives. It was never supposed to be that way. Christianity is supposed to be the, the center of everything. And out of that, we do everything else. But so often, it's um, just an add-on. You know, it's something that we add into our busy lives. No, no, no. God wants us to go deeper. That's what I want to do. And I hope that's what you want to do as well. You know, Zacchaeus, reply, uh, he responded without hesitation. Have you ever had those moments where... Um, Maybe you're in a group or you're walking past someone and you just get that thought like, oh, I need to talk to them or oh, I should say something or I should really, really do this and your heart starts beating double time and you're like, oh, I know that I'm supposed to do something. But if you hesitate, what happens? Yeah, you don't do it, right? The moment passes and then it's, it just... It's gone. Like it's, we just can't really go back. It's too far gone and we don't do anything about it. And I think that that's the thing with a season 
of going deeper is that we do need to learn to respond without too much hesitation because if we hesitate for too long, so often the moment does pass us by. And I'm sure it will come again, but let's choose to be people that respond when we feel God's drawing, when we feel God leading us in a direction or when we hear his Holy Spirit. Let's not just put it to the side and think, oh yeah, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do that later on. No, let's make a decision. Let's make a decision to respond. Zacchaeus didn't stop to analyze the situation. He didn't think about what others would say. He didn't delay or weigh up his options. He quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house. Now, verse 7 says, But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the uh, the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. You know, another thing in responding to God's calling or God leading us in a certain direction is that we've got to choose to block out the other voices. So often there are people talking and saying things, or maybe we think that people are talking or saying things, and it stops us from doing what we know that we should do. Now, I reckon Zacchaeus had a slight advantage here because he probably knew that no one liked him anyway. Like, it wasn't like he was Mr. Popularity. He wasn't. So he probably didn't really care what they were saying or what they thought, to be honest. But I care. I care what people say about me. I care what people think about me. I care about, and I think about what I'm doing and how other people are going to look on. And that's, it's okay to care, but we can't let that hold us back. Because there are times when Jesus calls us to do stuff, and there will be people that will say, you know what, that's crazy. You're going to tithe? That's ridiculous. You're giving away 10% of your money. Don't do that. But no, God's calling us to do that. And he promises that he's going to bless us as we do that. Or maybe, you know, God might call us to um, go and speak to our neighbor and go and love on them. And, and someone in our house might say, come on, you're too busy. We need to get out the door. We need to do this, this, and this. But sometimes we've got to block out those voices and we've got to say, you know what? This is God. And obviously, there are um, many times when we need to get wise counsel and, you know, check with others as well. But when God is leading us in a direction, let's be careful who we're listening to. Let's be careful about those voices that can get in and discourage us and stop us from doing what God is asking and wanting us to do. Getting higher takes action. Going deeper demands a response. Like what I felt in Adelaide, you know, it was great. It was amazing. But I also felt like God was saying, hey, come on. I'm calling you to respond. It's time to go a bit deeper. It's time to give me more of your time, more of your priority. It's time to reprioritize and make me number one as much as possible. And you know, God's drawing is never heavy, like you must do this, but it's a gentle drawing. It's a it's a um, it's like a father, you know, saying, "Hey, come on, I love you. I want to get to know you more. I want to go deeper with you. I want you to go deeper with me." And He draws us in, and out of that, we respond. You know, for us, it can be many different things as well. Uh, I feel like there's a real sense that the Holy Spirit is so at work at the moment. And um, we heard that message last week about uh, revival. And I loved that point that revival starts with us. You know, each one of us, that's where it starts. We've got to get revived. And as we get revived, the church gets revived. And then it starts to spread into our communities. But it starts with us. And it's like the Holy Spirit is so at work. And I really believe that um, there are so many opportunities where he just wants us to partner with him. I'm going to talk about that a bit later. But I also want to encourage you, um, wherever you're at, you know, uh, respond in some way to what God is doing. Maybe it's it's to get involved. It's to get planted a little bit more. It's to serve. Maybe it's to make a commitment to um, 
be regular at something or join something. Maybe it's just your time with God. Whatever it is, let's be people that when the call comes and it is coming, that we respond. The other thing I think um, where it's a real time to respond is, is speaking in tongues. Uh, I love speaking in tongues, and I always have. And when I went to Adelaide in this conference, it was so great. The senior pastor and his wife, like every time during the worship um, there was a gap, they'd just be speaking in tongues, like, all the time, and it actually it was quite contagious. But I want to encourage you, if you don't speak in tongues, get prayed for. It's a gift for all of us, and it's great because when we don't know what to pray, we can just speak in tongues, and, and it's like we can just flow in with the Holy Spirit. So I really encourage you, if that's not something that um, you have uh, in your life, then come get prayed for at the end. We'd love to pray for you and speak in tongues and let the Holy Spirit just minister over you. All right, let's continue. So verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Verse 9, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those that were lost. This is where Zacchaeus goes wider. You could say that wider is the horizontal plane. It's reaching out to people. Higher and deeper is vertical. Wider is outward. It's horizontal. You know, we have a, a vertical relationship with God. We go higher, we go deeper, but we have a horizontal relationship with others where we go out, we love on others, we be Jesus to others. And do you notice that the cross is not the cross with just a vertical beam? It also needs the horizontal beam as well. And Zacchaeus, you know, he went higher. He positioned himself to see God. He met with God. He went deeper. He responded responds to Jesus' call, takes him to his house, and then we see that he went wider. This is the fruit of a transformed life, the fruit of the Spirit demonstrated in Zacchaeus' life. He, he gave half his wealth to the poor, and he promised to give back four times as much of anyone that he's cheated. Now, think about this for a minute. This, this guy is wealthy. He is a successful businessman. And in today's terms, I imagine that half of his wealth is probably like millions, maybe more. I don't, I don't know what, what it would be, but this is a significant amount of money. This is a massive transformation. This guy has been driven by money for as long as he can remember. Money and greed have ruled his life. And and in a moment, in an instant, he's completely set free of that and he's giving away half his wealth. Imagine what kind of message that must have had to the people around him. They must have thought, what on earth has happened to Zacchaeus? Like, what could cause that life-changing transformation? And I reckon that in itself would have led many people to find God. And then he was also willing to pay back four times as much as he cheated anyone. So this is a significant um, transformation. It shows um, that Zacchaeus not only had a complete turnaround, but also his focus went off of himself and onto Jesus. And as he stopped focusing on himself and he started focusing on God, he started seeing other people in his world and other people in his life and people that he had hurt and things that he had done that he needed to put right. And that's what happens when we go wider. We, start, we stop looking at ourselves, which, I mean, it's easy to do that, right? I'm really good at just focusing on me, myself, and I, and it's all about me. But when we get our eyes onto God, we start to see the world around us in a way bigger way. We start to see needs around us. We start to go wider. Oops, I've lost my notes. Don't you hate it when that happens? I'm going to 
just click into it again and hopefully they come back. Or they might not. Yes, they're back, they're back. Okay, good. Um, you know, uh, one man's determination to get higher led him to going deeper, which equaled a total transma- transformation of his life and caused him to go wider, giving to others, seeing salvation come not only to himself, but to his whole family. See, it wasn't just blessings of key, as He didn't just find God, but his wife, his family, his kids, his extended family, and who knows how many other people also found God through this moment. I don't know if I've got very, f- very far on the wider aspect. You know, I'm still on a journey. But it is a follow-on effect. As we position ourselves higher, we're going to encounter God. We're going to have God moments in our lives. And that will cause us to want to go deeper. You know, because when we experience God and we meet with God, we can't help but want to go deeper. As we go deeper naturally, we suddenly start to go wider. It's just kind of a natural progression because our eyes become less focused on ourselves, more on Jesus and more on the world around us. And I love that. But there's one other person in this story that I want to quickly have a look at, which is Jesus, right? See, we've looked at Zacchaeus, but Jesus also does three things. He stops, he looks up, and he calls Zacchaeus' name. But what I most love about Jesus in the story is that he looks for what his father is doing and then he joins him there. John 5 verse 19 to 20 says this, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever his father does, the son does also. See, Jesus can see, Zac- um, Jesus can see his father's fingerprints all over Zacchaeus when he saw him up that tree. He saw when the blind beggar yelled out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He could see that his father was at work. And so he went there. Everywhere Jesus went, he joins his father. And together they see the miraculous and the supernatural released. Do you remember when Joshua first entered the same nation of Jericho that we've just been talking about? And, um, you know, Joshua was leading the children of Israel, and they were about to enter the promised land. God has promised to give them this, this land. And Joshua's standing there. He's looking at Jericho. And I can imagine that he was looking at those, those big walls, and he was probably saying, God, how on earth are we going to penetrate this city? What strategy can I possibly come up with where we can attack and we can conquer and we can defeat? What can I do to, to win this this?" in this place. And then suddenly an angel appears to him and Joshua says to the angel, are you for us or our enemies? And the angel replies, neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua suddenly sees that gaining ground in God's kingdom is never about devising strategies of our own and asking God to bless them. It's all about spotting where God is at work and joining him with whatever he's doing. And that's exactly what Joshua did. He saw that his father was at work. And he went and he joined them in this crazy plan. He joined his father in walking around those walls of Jericho seven times, raising a mighty shout, seeing those walls come down, going in and taking the land that God has promised. It was not a strategy that he would have ever devised on his own. He saw the father at work and he joined his father and saw those walls come down. Phil Moore, who writes commentaries on the Bible, he talks about spotting God at work, and he explains it this way. He says, looking for God at work simply means keeping your eyes open to spot what things are happening that only God can do. Only God could be involved in shouting a wall down. Only God could be at work in a blind beggar who won't shut up but cries out for Jesus to have mercy on him. And only God could compel a chief tax collector to climb a tree to see Jesus. 
And you know, this is the most exciting journey of all, is where we start to partner with the Holy Spirit. If you're anything like me, my prayers with the Holy Spirit usually go, um, Holy Spirit, please help me with my day. Please help me do this and please join me with this. And I need you to be with me and, and, and um, I need your help in this area and that area. Please come into my life, take over, but come into my life and help me and be with me. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers because that's why the Holy Spirit sent to us, right? He's our helper, he's our comforter, and he is there to walk through life with us. But I reckon if we can start changing our prayers, this is what I've tried to start doing in my life, to start changing our prayers from Holy Spirit, help me to to, Holy Spirit, show me where you are at work. Show me what you are doing and help me to follow you. See, I don't want to live life anymore asking the Holy Spirit to follow me. I want to change to asking the Holy Spirit to show me where he's working and I start to follow him because that's exciting. That's amazing. That's where we see the miraculous. That's where we have those, those testimony moments, those God connections. And it doesn't have to be an audible voice and it doesn't have to be a vision. The Holy Spirit's speaking to us all the time. It's just about stopping and listening and partnering with him. It's, it's those little nudges like, I think you should go and talk to that person. You know, when you get that sense like, oh, I just need to ring so-and-so. Or um, that person just needs a word of encouragement today. Or um, you need to go over to your neighbor and cook a meal for them. Or, hey, this person is, is sick. Why don't you pray for them? It's just those little moments. Maybe sometimes it's bigger. But I think most often we, we get those thoughts all the time. It's just that often we don't act on them. You know, we, we think about it. I've got a couple of those thoughts in my head that have been sitting there two weeks that I, I haven't acted on. Why? I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I just don't think it's that important, I guess, or I get busy. Did you notice with Jesus, his diary was never full? You know, he just, he just did what his father wanted him to do. Now, obviously, we all have lives and we have responsibilities and we have jobs, but I think the more we can clear that space and say, Holy Spirit, show me where you are, help me to partner with you. The more we can create that, that's when God's going to move through us. And he's called every single one of us to do something for him. And I heard a statement the other day, we don't have to do anything extraordinary. We just have to do what God's asking us to do. But that in itself is extraordinary. You know, when we obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, when we learn to tune our ear to hear and honestly, all of you will be hearing. You may not think you are, but if you stop and listen, you'll have those feelings. You probably think they're just feelings. And they are, but they're also the Holy Spirit. They're just guiding you, prompting you, leading you, directing you. As we start to take those opportunities, then the testimonies start to come. You know, you get those moments where people actually say, wow, I can't believe that you just did that for me. I've I just been saying to God that no one cares about me or, um, you know, I can't believe you rang me at this time. I really need someone to talk to, whatever it might be. But you'll find, and maybe not every time, maybe sometimes you'll get nothing out of it. And that's okay. It's still the Holy Spirit at work through you. You never know what really goes on inside of people. But there'll be those moments where you're like, wow, God, that was amazing. And that's where I want to go. I'm on a journey. If the musos could come, that'd be great. I'm on a journey of, of trying to position myself to go higher so that I can meet with God and respond and go deeper. I want to be more outward. I don't want to be all about me. I want to be all about God and all about those in my world and those that God is showing me to love on. And then I want to partner with the Holy Spirit 
Because as we go higher, deeper, and wider, it's a perfect moment to partner with the Holy Spirit and to start to go where He's leading, to start to do what He wants us to do. So this morning, we're going to um, sing Goodness of God, maybe, or whatever they want to sing. But um, let's sing. And, and I want you just to take a moment and really say, God, this morning, I want to take this opportunity to position myself to meet with you. I'm going to raise my hands, even if I don't normally. I'm not going to think about all the other things going on. I'm going to position myself to meet with you. And why don't you tune in and hear what God is saying. And whatever he's drawing you into, make a decision to respond. And as you respond, you watch throughout the week as you'll be able to start going a little wider. And you'll be able to start tuning into that voice of the Holy Spirit and start partnering with him.